Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Second City podcast. As always, I'm Callum, and I'm joined by Dan. Welcome back, Dan. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Uh, yeah, delighted to be back. Um, and thank you to everyone for tuning in again. Um, a bit of a weird week this week because this is the first time we've done one of these where one of our teams hasn't played at all uh, since the I'm last surprised time. it's taken this long, really, given that Blues especially played two games. I suppose because we've had a lot of Europe this year, but you've in the championship played two games a week, sometimes three. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, absolutely no rest um, for, for Blues. But uh, obviously, Villa, you've been on a winter break, uh, the winter break. Um, but don't worry, we still got loads to talk about. Obviously, on the Blues side, Mowbray had his first couple of games at Blues. Very, or his first couple of um, wins at Blues, I should say. Very eventful. So um, we'll definitely get into that. And obviously, because Villa didn't play this week, uh, we couldn't just not talk about you know, we can just leave the episode like 10 minutes long and move on. So we've got something a little bit different lined up as well. We're going to do, um, obviously, the January transfer window is open. Kinda... For the record, I think both of us hate the January transfer window. Yeah, yeah it's not that I... Maybe not hate, but I hate transfer windows. I do hate transfer windows. They're, they're just... I, I, the modern day transfer window of Twitter ITKs and transfer talk on Sky Sports, oh, just yeah. spouting rubbish and rumours. But it's not like maybe the early 2010s mm. when the only way to get your sports news was through Sky Sports and they had people outside the grounds. Yeah, on a side note, I think Sky Sports news is kind of outdated in general now. But um, but point being, January isn't really what it once was. I feel like not a lot really happens in the January window. It's not that exciting. Um, and I personally think it's too long as well. I think I just think it's too long. I think, I think two weeks would do first two weeks of January and get it all wrapped up. Otherwise it's like a, how long's the season? Like eight months, nine months. It's like a whole month of the season taken up with it. And then you've got the end of August yeah. as well. Yeah. Cause the summer window it. runs into the season as well now. Mm. Um, so boys, we're going to celebrate the January transfer window by doing our worst ever January signing 11. So by that, we mean obviously a blues, a separate blues 11 and a Villa, Villa 11 made up of the players that we signed that we deemed the worst because there's been loads. Um, yeah. And Callum, you said it took you nearly an hour going through all the ones you had to try and decide a yeah. team. Oh, I probably spent similar. Um, so yes, look forward to that because there's some absolute howlers in there and it's way more fun than doing a best 11. So we're going to do the yeah. worst January 11s. Um, but yeah, as always, we're going to start with uh, what we're wearing. Um, so oh. what we saying, Carl? <laughs> God, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll guess first this week, but this sure. might take a while. Yeah. So you're wearing, it almost looks like a silk shirt, Dan. Yeah. It's really shiny. There's yeah, a real yeah. shine coming off that. Mm. Um, Very is old that a score nose. draw remake? So I don't, I think so. Um, this is another one loaned to me by Cousin James. Shout out to Cousin James again. But um, yeah, so for anyone watching, it's like, it is like a very silk blue. It looks like silk color, white color. The badge is in the center with like a white circle around it, and there's no sponsor on, uh, no sponsors, no kit maker on it or anything. But I've done my research, and whilst this may be a maybe a score draw remake, it looks exactly like the original. It's not like anything's been taken off it. It's not like the kit maker's been taken off it or anything like that. Um. So yeah, what do we think? Oh man, it's uh, it's almost a penguin kit as well with that like white pinstripe either yeah. side. Um. A real old school collar. God, I mean, we could be. I th I th th is this how you felt when I wore that FA Cup yeah. kit the other week? <laughs> yeah, pretty, like, much. Um, pretty much. 
Uh, let's go for nineteen eighty four. Oh, so I'll give I'll give you that because this was it wasn't like one season. This was so we first got this kit in nineteen eighty two, and I'd say it's nineteen eighty two to nineteen eighty five. I would say because um, we kind of had variations on it from them years, but I'd say it was that kit for those three years, and it's actually featured on my um uh, oh, iconic yeah. kits behind. Um, so yes, this was on nineteen eighty two originally. This was. As you say, it almost has like a silk effect to it. Um, but first of all, Blues, do a modern remake of this kit. Come on. It look it would look yeah. unreal. Like it I, I I love it. I think it's fabulous. Uh great shade of blue. Love it, absolutely love it. Um but yeah, this era, so did a bit of research. Ron Saunders would have been our manager for this whole time. And the kit was originally made by um a kit maker called uh, Patrick. Like, you love a random kit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know they're even more obscure than uh, Xtep. Um, but yes, of course, I've got it written in all my notes how we actually did in this time period. Uh, but yeah, Ron Saunders was our manager in this period, and the first season we had, we were in the first division, um, and it sounds very similar to. So obviously, the old first division, which would now be like the Premier League, the equivalent. Um, this season sounds very familiar to Blues nowadays. So we were bottom with i think six games to go bottom of the league and the league was 22 teams back in that back in them days but so we were absolutely doomed but we won five of our last six uh to stay up and we won on the last day away at southampton to uh stay up and we ended up finishing 17th in the end which sounds very familiar to many of our uh most recent seasons um noel blake was blues his most uh for, uh, made the most appearances for Blues in this season and he actually scored against Villa having signed from them in the summer uh, in a 3-0 win at St Andrews just after Christmas in 1982 so I'm sure that was um, I'm sure that if, if anyone's listening who was at that game or remembers love to hear from you because that was obviously uh, before our time shall we say um, then the following year so the kit was basically the exact same except it had red socks uh, which is a bit of a weird combo to look at, like red, like a blue shirt, white shorts, red socks. Looks really weird, I think. Um, sadly, we did get relegated this year. We finished twentieth out of twenty-two. Um, we lost one 0 at Villa Park, but then one two one at St Andrews uh, in the second half of the season. Uh, but then the following season, nineteen eighty four eighty five, we did get promoted again. We finished second, came straight back up, and we added a sponsor to the kit. So we had the Ansel's kit, um, the Ansel's sponsor on it. Um, so yeah, I think it's quite an iconic kit historically. Like it's very eighties, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, but I think it could be cool to do like a modern remake. Uh, I think that could be quite cool. But yeah, as I say, if anyone's listening or watching who, uh, you know, remembers those days, has any memories from those seasons, love to hear from you because it could be really cool to get a bit more insight into that era. Talking of a modern remake of that shirt, if you think back to England's, because obviously Nike is your kit maker these days mm. you think back to england shirt at the 2021 euros euro yeah. 2020 um that obviously had the central badge and the nike tick like the template is near enough there for them to give that to you yeah true yeah true um and yeah it wouldn't take much i don't think like literally put the not you could put the nike tick right above the badge and then put the sponsor there the undefeated logo wicked be all over it um so yeah, 1982 to 85, I would say this kit is. This should be easier for you. Yeah, you've got a lot more modern. Kazoo, the sponsor. And there's a clue on the back. Oh, okay. Is it Kappa, oh, the kit manufacturer? 
Yeah. Oh, turn around. <laughs> Grealish 10. Ugh. Yeah. Um, Grealish 10 on the back. Uh, so I think Grealish only had. Oh, I don't know. He had quite I... a lot of seasons with us. Yeah, I think it's his last season with you. I think it's. When did he leave? I think that's the 2021 home shirt, like the lockdown season. It is, yes. It's the 2020 yeah. 2021 season. Jack Grealish's last season in a bit of shirt. It's mad to think now. that's like he, that's like two and a half years ago. That's so mad. That's like that's like so long ago. It's mad. It's mad to think the last time I saw Jack Grealish play for Villa in the flesh or in real uh, in the stadium was at the League Cup final of 2020. Oh, wow! Yeah. Because we had lockdown after that, mm. and that was it. It's so yeah, mad really. Um, mm. They see. I always look back on this season, despite it being the lockdown season, which was a bit rubbish. I do fondly remember this season. Um, we were, but the, I always look at the league table and always feel a bit disappointed. We never finished as high as we really should have done. So we went in. We I think in, at Christmas. Obviously, the league started later, but when we hit Christmas, we were in the top four. We were absolutely flying. We obviously beat Liverpool seven two at home. They were the champions. An absolutely mad, mad night. Um, and then we got into January and we then had a COVID outbreak through the squad. Um, so we played Liverpool again at home in the third round of the FA Cup and we had to play the under 21s. Uh, and we briefly went, we did score to make it 1-1. Louis Barry scored what is currently his only Aston Villa goal. Is that when, is that the season you'd just beaten them? And so, and then as like revenge, Klopp knew you were gonna have to play all the kids, yeah. and he and he played like his best eleven. I was yeah. like, come on, dude, that's like pathetic. Yeah, it was like four months later or something. Yeah, yeah, and that they started like Salah, Firmino, uh, Fabinho. Like they just start. They like they they did start like Kelleher and like Nat Phillips and uh, Reese Williams or something, but the rest of the midfield was like stacked. Mm. Um, but we did go one, one and that, that, that was a weird, that was a, that was a kind of great game, even though we, you know, the kids lost in the end, but, um, but yeah, we had the co So we had that COVID outbreak in the January. Um, and it took us a few games to kind of get back up to speed again after that. And then Jack Grealish got injured pretty much for the rest of the season in around like the mid February, and uh, I think we only won two, maybe even three games. It was no more than three games we won without him. Um, and it just derailed our season. Everything went through him and it took us so long to to play without him. Um, but then we did end the season strong. He came back and we beat the last two games. We beat Spurs away 2-1 and then we beat Chelsea at home on the final day. So we finished 12th, but it really was a year that we should have finished in a European place, really. Arsenal were terrible that year. Tottenham really fell off at the back end of the season. Obviously, they sacked Mourinho, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so it was it was a it was a year where there was there was there it was a missed opportunity really and a lot of clubs will look at that season and say it was a missed opportunity. I mean, you know, you think Everton had a great year and they didn't make it. Um, but having said that, the year before we'd almost gone down, so all of a sudden to be really disappointed with the season the way it was just twelve months later it was a real kick on. Um, so yeah, yeah. it's a fondly remembered season. And where Algarzi like tore it up this season. He was unbelievable. Um, as was Matt Target. Matt Target, I think, won play player of the season that 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 year. He was absolutely fantastic. Uh, just two players that really thrived in that no fans 
um, outcome. And do you remember that season? Now there were so many goals. It was, oh, just it was like, yeah, it was, goals it was, galore. It was crazy, and like all the yeah, it's kind of what I mean about it feeling like so long ago. Like so much has changed in that time with teams. Yeah. Like you mentioned, teams like Everton have just fell off a cliff since then. And back then, like Ancelotti would have been their manager. Lampard yeah. would have been at Chelsea. Like, just feels like so long ago. Um, wasn't it in the same weekend? Like, you beat Liverpool seven two, and Spurs beat Man United like six one or something. Yeah, that was the game before. Um, that was Super Sunday. Sky probably yeah. couldn't believe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that game's brilliant. I remember. Um, like, so Man United lost to Spurs, and Patrice Evra was basically crying on Sky Sports. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, by the half time of the Liverpool game, he was like laughing his face off, and like Graham Souness was was complaining, saying the grass was too long for Liverpool to play. And it's just... Oh, oh. Classic. Uh, what yeah. a night. Well, as you say, it was slightly underwhelming in terms of your finish in the league that year. Uh, I, I, I'm sure you can agree you were quite fortunate to even be in the Premier League that year, <laughs> considering uh, the end of the previous season. But we won't get into all that. We'll that's a story. That. That's a kit for another day. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh... Cool. Should we uh, should we move into the games then? Obviously, you haven't played, but no, Blues so. have played twice. Yeah, so take it um, away, Dan. Yeah. So we want as as we did last week. We want a three word match report for both mm-hmm. the ABC grade and your player of the matches. Yeah. So these were Tony Mowbray's second and third games at Blues, following on from a, a draw against Swansea um, in his first game, where we scored a last minute equaliser. And yeah, so his second game was. On the Tuesday night, we played against Hull in the FA Cup third round replay. And I don't know if you've been to like an FA Cup replay in the last few years at all, Cal. I don't know if you have. No, because we always lose in the third round. Well, yeah, true. But um, so... uh, they are just weird. They're just weird. Like it, this, I can't. Like I went to the. It was the fourth round, but I went to the Blackburn replay last season. Um, so like I know there's some stuff going around about how low the attendance was. Like there was cup replays are weird because season ticket holders you have to obviously have to pay extra, so a lot don't go. It was absolutely sub zero. Like it was up there with like the coldest games I've ever been to. Like absolutely freezing. Um, and they're, so they're kind of weird because we were sat in like our normal seats, but everyone's kind of not in, like where we sit is all just season ticket holders. It's all the regulars. You see the same people in the same seats every game. And we were just surrounded by like different people, and it, that's just weird to me. Like, obviously, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it, but it's just a weird thing. And um, obviously, like the two stands opposite us were cl- completely closed, so like the Gil Merrick and the main stand were completely closed. So it's just a weird atmosphere. Like, just it just feels weird, you know. I don't know, not necessarily bad, but um, and like where we sit, everyone everyone stands for the whole game basically. And I've never had this where we sit. Like, and I, again, I'm not complaining; it's perfectly fine. But like we were stood up at the start of the game and someone like tapped me on the shoulder and said, Oh, sorry, could you sit down? And I was like, I, I was like, obviously I can, cause he was sat down and he, yeah. I'm covering his view. So obviously that's fine. But I was like, I've never had to sit in my seat. <laughs> it was really weird. <laughs> like, just a strange thing. Um, and like the, uh, what the other thing was, uh, Oh yeah. Like it's like a different set of fans. It's just really strange. Again, nothing wrong with it, but it's just strange. Like, Something blues never do apart from a cup game, yeah, cup replays. I've noticed specifically cup replays is I, I, I just find it a bit tin pot. You know, when some clubs, when the goalkeeper takes the goal kick, they do like the your shit, blah, or whatever yeah. it is, like the the chant. It's only blues only do it at cup replays. I've noticed it a few <laughs> times now. It's really weird. They never do it otherwise. Just really, just strange. But anyway, um, 
that aside, the um, the games where we won two one in normal time, Mowbray's first win. Um, Hall made eleven changes, but the big thing with Blues, uh, people obviously we won, and Mowbray said he wanted to see. He wanted to see back almost everyone across his first two games so he could have a look at everyone. So he did, unsurprisingly, make a lot of changes. But it was pretty strange. So we played a 4-2-3-1, but he played Bielik, who's normally a centre midfielder at centre-back, and Lee Buchanan, who's a left-back as the other centre-back. And he didn't really play with a recognised striker. He kind of... It looked like Ramel Donovan was playing up top and Burke was kind of on the right wing so we didn't really have like an out and out striker or a recognized center back so we basically played like seven or eight midfielders like i'm pretty sure if rooney picked that team <laughs> when he was still a blues he would have been savaged for it <laughs> um but we, uh, we went one nil down a bit of a sloppy goal Bielik with a bit of an error um kind of not in a great run of form um but we went one nil down but then we came out in the second half and he made all five subs in one go and that was a huge difference. So Jay Stansfield scored within a few minutes of coming on, a really nice finish. And then we just applied a lot of pressure after that. And Koji Miyashi scored a really late, uh, literally 93rd minute goal. And I have never been so happy in my life because it was freezing. And it meant like the limbs were like, for, considering there's only about 10 people in the ground, it was great <laughs> because like, well, yeah, a few thousand people in the ground. It was great because we were all like, thank God we can go home. It's so cold. Um, but yeah, the team showed a lot of character and they looked really up for it. And um and you know, when Stansfield scored, he did like a sort of uh sort of pointed at the ground saying, you know, there's been some rumors that he'd be leaving soon, possibly. Um but obviously showed, you know, he's happy at blues and it looks like he'll be staying all being well. Um and I just think the difference between like our regular starting players, like Miyoshi came on, Stansfield came on, Sunich came on, it really like you can really tell that they are a step above. Our, our backup players we don't really have strength in depth but we won 2-1 it was a, a surprisingly positive game uh, I think everyone was in a good mood afterwards and we go on to play Leicester in the fourth round this coming Saturday Um, so if I had to score it I'd give it a B maybe like I know I give the Swans a game a B as well but just a late goal showed in these first two games we scored late goals in both of them uh, showed a lot of character I know Hall made a lot of changes, but they are still a good team. Liam Rossini is building something good there, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to score it a B. First half wasn't great, but we were way better second half. My three-word match review is going to be um, surprisingly quite good. It's going to be my my three. And, and in terms of like the whole night, you know, cup replays can be a bit weird, but and it was weird, but it was good. Um, and then my man of the match. Uh, there's a few I could pick from, but... I'm going to say just someone in general lately who's been really good, uh, Cody Dramer. Um, he's on loan from Leeds. Had a bit of a shaky start to his time at Blues, but he deserves so much credit for his improvement lately. Really solid at right back. He's had to play a lot this season because Ethan Laird's been injured. Just really solid, really quite dependable. He's become really dependable. And he even had to play at centre-back, I think, for a bit of the game. Um, looked that way anyway. And so he showed a bit of versatility as well. So he deserves a lot of credit. Um, so yeah, he's my, he'd be my man of the match, Cody Dramer. And then at the weekend, yes, we had another game. We had another game uh, away at Stoke, and again we won two one. Um, so I didn't get to go, unfortunately, but um, yeah, that, like Stoke had not lost a game since Stephen Schumacher took over as their manager, um, and obviously we only played them on Boxing Day, um, 
Uh, and obviously, they absolutely tore us to shreds. One of Rooney's last games, they absolutely battered us 3-1 at St Andrews. But yeah, we won 2-1 again. And this, I was saying before about in the whole game, the players looking really up for it, really fighting for each other. Absolutely sounded like that. Two brilliant goals. Jay Stansfield with a terrific finish for the first one, wonderfully played in by Miyoshi and Bakuna with a, I don't know if you've seen his goal, a wonderful free kick for the second. And then we held on at the end, conceded a sloppy goal for the for the Stokes goal with about 20 minutes to go. But they showed so much character to see it out. And we actually only had 29% possession and we had less than half the shots that they had. So maybe a little bit fortunate or on another day, Stoke really could have um, could have flipped it around and got something out of the game. But yeah, man, character, I think, is the key word. And just for his continued quality and um, and important finishing, Stansfield's going to be my, my man of the match. I'm going to score it in A, even if the performance wasn't like, you know, top, top level. The result was, you know, crucial against this Mowbray here after such a good start. Two wins and a draw in his first three games. Uh, and my three-word review... Uh, uh, <laughs> I love Mowbray. It's going to be my three-game review. Just uh, my three-word review. I love Mowbray. He's... Uh, it's hard that you've had to do two three-word reviews in one <laughs> yeah, I know, episode. Yeah. <laughs> I probably should have thought of it beforehand, to be fair. But no, he's just... It already feels like things are kind of coming back together. People are uniting again. Um, and one upside to the, you know, the managerial change happening when it did, we've still got like just under half the season left to just try and, you know, salvage a really, uh, hopefully a positive season out of it on the whole. Uh, the Stoke game surprisingly similar to, I went to Stoke away last season and kind of a similar game where we scored early and then scored early in the second half, then conceded a goal with about 20 minutes to go and then had to hold on for a 2-1 win quite ironically similar both seasons but yeah just really really positive and I think the mood at Blues is, is a lot more positive again already so yeah a great week for us great week shall we do our worst January 11s absolutely um absolutely so I think we should do it like Villa 11 and then the Blues worst 11 yeah I've, so and I've got it. a few honourable mentions at the end as well. Oh, I've got more than a few. Yeah, well, it is more than a few. I narrowed it down a bit. What I found doing this is that in terms of January signings, looking for the so I've kept I've kept it within so it's players I've seen play. So it's play so it's like nineteen ninety seven onwards to so the present day. Well, um, going to Villa Park as a baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his memories as a two-month-old watching. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean though. Our lifetime, sort of. Yeah, like if we were doing like worst transfers of ever, ever, and I throw David Unsworth in there, like I never saw him play, but the story, you know, so it's hard for me to say. Oh, yeah, he was well, he didn't play, but you know. Um, so I've tried to keep it in in as players that I've seen play, so it's more relevant. I can talk about them. Some of them are harsh, but that's only because I found that defenders were really difficult. We've signed yeah. a lot of crap strikers, an insane amount of rubbish midfielders, but all our defensive signings have been pretty good. Like Tyrone Mings, Kyle Walker, Ryan Bertrand were all pretty good for us. I mean, great signings, really. And even, even Phil Bardsley wasn't terrible. So this is what I've gone with. Goalkeeper, Lovre Kalinic. Um, so obviously we signed him. Uh, he was Dean Smith's first signing, although it wasn't really a Dean Smith signing. He was the sporting director, Suso's man. Um, we signed him in January 2019. 
His contract that he signed on was meant to run till 2023. I'm guessing it didn't. <laughs> no, it got terminated last year, thankfully. Um, Although last year was 2023. Uh, sorry, the it, it, uh, 2022. Sorry, uh, the new year. Oh. <laughs> yeah, still sure. catching me out. Um, we had previously tried to sign him in 2016, so the club had wanted him for a long, long time, uh, but they couldn't get the work permit the year we went down. Um, he conceded eight goals in his first three games, memorably had a shocker in the 3-3 with Sheffield United, got injured again in the 2-0 defeat to West Brom, never played again. Was on the bench a few times, but never played again. Jed Steer took the shirt and never looked back really in that that season. Uh, right back, I've gone for Frederick Gilbert. Bit harsh, but as I said, defenders was really, really difficult. Um we signed him for five million in the same window as Kalinic. Um, we loaned him straight back to Cannes. Uh, then he came back in the summer. He played twenty-five league games that that year, but Dean Smith never really fancied him. Never really. I don't think he ever thought he was great defensively and didn't offer enough going forward. Um, he got bombed out by Dean Smith and by Steven Gerrard, and he had his contract terminated in the summer of twenty twenty-two as well. Um, Centre-back, another slightly harsh one. I've gone for, I've put Callum Chambers in there. He's Ooh, currently yeah. still at the club for now. Um, again, I, we don't, I couldn't put Tyrone Mings in there. So we're working, it's hard to work <laughs> yeah, with. Sure. You know. sure. um, 25 league appearances. He has scored one goal, which was a corker away at Leeds. Absolutely fantastic goal. But he's just barely been able to get into the team under either manager that he's played in. Um I mean, this year he's played a handful of games. He's been woeful and he's just not fancied by Unai Emery. And he's he's a confusing player. His career's really bizarre. No manager has ever really fancied him after they've signed him, um, which is just kind of weird. And his position, nobody knows his best position. Is it centre-back? Is it right-back? Is it defensive mid? I don't think anyone really knows. So, uh, you know, a weird career of Callum Chambers. My other centre-back is James Collins. So this is his second spell with Villa, not his first spell. Right. And people might say, what second spell? Yeah, I don't remember having so, two spells. We're going back to the January of 2019, Dan. Where, oh, wow. Uh, oh, don't so James Collins had been on trial with Aston Villa uh, under Di while Dean Smith was the manager. And we were bolstering the team in that January window when we signed Courtney Horse and we signed Tyron Mings. And... So we decided to give a short-term deal to James Collins. So he signed the deal, got injured in training straight afterwards, out for the season. So he had to go. So he walked back up to the office and ripped his contract up. He didn't want to take because oh. he didn't want to take six months worth of money to just be injured. He felt I really would. bad. <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah. um, but the, um, the Aston Villa Foundation did a shirt raffle not too long ago which was james collins shirt which they printed because obviously they'd done all the media and stuff yeah, and yeah. holding the shirts and he had got given a squad number because he'd signed a contract so yeah james collins so, he didn't actually play but i thought it was just such I a good say, story i swear in his first spell he, he scored against blues i swear in his first spell i seem to remember he, that. he, he might have done I, I really liked him in that in mm. his first spell with us but um he more remembered for being at west ham really um Left back, I've had to I've shoehorned James Bree in at left back. Um really weird signing. He was up, we signed two players from Barnsley in the same 
uh, January window of 2017. Uh, James Bree was an up-and-coming player in the championship that time. Remember, Barnsley stayed up that year. They had a great team after they'd just come up from the championship. So we spent £3.5 on James Bree, and yet he only played 21 matches in the league. He was signed by Steve Bruce, and then he just didn't fancy him at all. Um, he was sort of meant to replace Hutton, but then we signed Al Mohamedy in the summer, and so he just never really played, never worked out. And then we got rid of him to Luton, where he absolutely thrived. He was brilliant at Luton, and he's now at Southampton. Defensive mid, Danny Drinkwater. Oh, my Class. goodness. Class. Couldn't not put him in. Loaned him in from <laughs> Chelsea as a John McGinn replacement after he broke his ankle. He was unfit. I think it's safe to say he was mentally unstable. Um, and something we forgot to mention in our Hotter podcast was, of course, in during the restart, he got thrown out of the Aston Villa side because he punched Jota <laughs> in training. Just, was it that way around? It wasn't Hotter punched him? No, no, he punched Hotter. Right. So um, he, did, he did an interview with Jay Comfrey on the High Performance podcast not that long ago, and he was just saying, so it was just after we lost to Leicester. So this is literally before lockdown, and all the players that didn't play were having like a training session. And they got in, him and Hotter got into some sort of argument, and he was like, "The red mist just descended, and I just lumped him." <laughs> so he never played again. Um, dreadful, dreadful to, sign. Uh, funny you uh, mentioned the the Hotter. Just as a side note, um, we were talking this week about. Um, yeah. Obviously, we did an episode on Hotter and his time at Blues and Villa in one of our Second City stories. So please check it out if you haven't already. Um, did it a couple of months ago. But we kind of depicted him as like, um, you know, oh, this unfortunate like failure, and then you know, in another life he could have been such a success. So there was an article in the Athletic this week that in his, he, he's gone into like the agricultural industry and he's invented something. Hotter is like a billionaire now. Hotter is like incredibly rich. So just what everything, I, I doubt he gives a shit about how, how he went. Yeah. Yeah. Honest, he's like an incredibly wealthy man now. So well done, Hotter. Well done. Never well forgive done, you for Hutter. missing that chance against Villa, but well. <laughs> we'll have the statue of him missing that outside Villa Park Um, anyway we're going back to the January of 2019 again God that's a bad considering he got promoted that was a bad January wasn't it it was well we were saved by the signings of Mings and Horse clearly Um, yeah we signed Tom Carroll a deadline day loan signing so deadline day the big rumour and the big story was that Leroy Fur was leaving Swansea to come to Villa he was at the training ground he was doing media and anyway all of a sudden that deal just collapsed and we announced the deadline day loan signing of Tom Carroll um he played two games I saw one of his <laughs> matches for us, which was when he came on in the 74th minute away at Reading a terrible nil nil he was oh. cr- <laughs> he got injured the next game, never played again. Um, so, yeah. So Tom Carroll makes the 11. Um, he's currently playing for Exeter, um, if anyone's interested. And the most legendary midfielder of all makes this list as well in midfield. Eric Jemba Jemba. So oh, bad they named him twice. Legend. So he, so Eric Jemba Jemba, so Cameroonian midfield, was meant to be Roy Keane's successor at Old Trafford. Didn't quite work out that way. Um, we signed him in the January for one and a half million pounds, which back then was a lot mm. of money, really, especially for the January window. 
He played 11 games in total in his spell at Villa. Um, famously, here's a stat for you. Eric Jemba Jemba came on as a late substitute for Martin O'Neill's Aston Villa in the first ever game at the Emirates, where nice. we drew 1-1. Olaf Melberg scored the first league goal at the Emirates. Um, so he came off the bench. Eric Jemba Jemba was playing for Villa under Martin O'Neill. And anyway, he came off the bench and he got shipped off to Barnsley on loan the next day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, oh God, awful player. Um, then, so the front three, uh, Wayne Routledge on the right wing, one and a half million pounds signing, made two league appearances, played a bit in the UEFA Cup. He was gone by November of the same year. Uh, Simon Dawkins, we signed on loan, made four appearances, did absolutely nothing, waste of space. Uh, January of 2020, so with the, the man leading the line in this awful team of January signings is Boyer Baston. I remember him. He was, a, Baston. he was a deadline day panic buy panic by also from Swansea um, he made two appearances so he came off the bench away at Southampton where we lost 2-1 or 2-0 um, and then he came off the bench when we were drawing 2-2 at home to Spurs he almost scored an own goal within seconds of coming off the pitch like almost thumped it into the back of the net and then anyway Pepe Reina's played the ball up from a goal kick and he nicked the ball off Douglas Louise, lost it, and then the balls come over the top. Bjorn Engels makes the mistake, and Son scores the winner in the game that I think most Villa fans thought was the one of the games that was going to send us down. That was like a bleak day that had started so promisingly, and then he had his contract terminated before project restart. He was useless. That's a common trend: is contract termination across these uh, lists. I think. <laughs> So I'll just do some honourable mentions really quickly uh, before I hand over to you, Dan. So uh, we'll go to the January of 2020. We signed Ali Samata for, it was a £10 million panic buy because obviously we'd lost Wesley um, by that point. He scored two goals. We lost both games. He was gone by the summer, but he did score at Wembley. One of those goals was at Wembley in the League Cup final. Um, Henry Lansbury, we signed from Forest, was meant to be like a big signing, and I remember being really excited when we signed him, but he mm. was just so injury prone. Yeah, he was a good player, really good player, and he did sort of reinvent, re in, rejuvenate his career at Luton, but it just it just never worked out with us, sadly. Um, some more midfield howlers: Michael Bradley, John McCoon, Yakuba Silla. Um, we, do you remember, Dan? We signed Robert Perez uh, under Gerard Houllier. He was I, so old. He was 37. Was it that late? I thought it was earlier than that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he wow. was 37. He couldn't run. He made, I think he made nine league appearances and he scored one goal, which was against Blackburn in the FA Cup. Wow. Um, I'd throw Morgan Sanson in there as well. He's a really good player. It's just not worked out. Very similar to Frederick Gilbert. £15 million pound down the drain, really. It looks like he's going to make his move to Nice permanent. He's almost triggered the mandatory buy clause there. And the last one I'm going to throw in there is a striker. So under Paul Lambert, we signed Grant Holt on loan from Wigan, who were in the championship at the time. He made 10 appearances. He scored one goal, which was in a defeat to Fulham. Uh, we lost 2-1. And um, yeah, he was just Lambert's mate and we needed a striker. So he signed Grant Holt. Was he not at Norwich? Or was that, was it from Wigan? Yeah, yeah. So, so he was at Norwich and 
uh, when Lambert's Norwich got promoted, he was he had a really good season. I think they, it might have been the year they stayed up and then went down the following year. And he was really, really good. And then he moved to Wigan in the championship, scored two goals all season. And in the January of that season, we just signed him on loan until the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, I do, I do remember it. Yeah, it's mental. Uh, then yeah. it came out he was into like wrestling or something instead. And yeah, he, he did go into instead. wrestling or something. <laughs> yeah, that does ring yeah. a bell now you say it. Yeah. Ouch. So uh, yeah. there's some absolute howlers. Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of the bad January transfer window sign is like players like Ali Samata came in, play like but he scored like a huge goal, but he was terrible yeah. otherwise. That's kind of what happens a lot in, in January. Um, January you get a lot of panic buys. Yeah. And I think the, you look at our January window of 2020, it's it's just littered with them. So I think we'd had a we'd had plans in place to sign some players in January. We needed a winger. We, re- we really needed a winger, maybe two. And I know we were looking at Ben Rama and Bowen at the time. Mm. And all of a sudden, it, so the 23rd of December, we played Southampton at Villa Park. John McGinn broke his ankle out for the season. New Year's Day, Tom Heaton and Wesley did their ACLs. So all of a sudden, we had to find a goalkeeper, a striker and a centre mid. So any business that you had lined up or planned just went out the window and that's how we ended up with the likes of Ali Samata and Boya Baston, Danny Drinkwater, and the Pepe Reina was all right. So I won't, I wouldn't yeah. throw him in there. But like yeah. he was, he was all right. <laughs> you know, he was, he was all right. But yeah, like howler at Leicester, didn't he? Where he like, ran yeah, oh, goal. <laughs> that was a howler. But I'll never forget when we beat Arsenal in the restart. When like there was this, he made this really sort of clunky save, and he almost conceded from it. But he, but there's this picture of him kissing the ball afterwards because it didn't go in the back of the net. Like <laughs> me and my dad always talk about Pepe Reina kissing the ball. <laughs> well, uh, well, let's what, hear your eleven, Dan, because I'm sure you've got some shockers in there. Yeah, what a dastardly team that is. But I guarantee is not as bad as mine. Um, so I was saved by some technicalities. If a player was signed in February on loan or March obviously I just didn't count them that thankfully helped narrow it down somewhat because especially in like the Lee Clark era we just had like new players coming in like on like month-long contracts uh, so thankfully this helped me narrow it down rule out a few players like Ulysses De La Cruz James Hurst just random players that you've just like completely <laughs> random yeah. ones um yeah so my oh, team we is do love so Ulysses De La Cruz on the second city podcast we do yeah we'll try to get him on someday but um uh my team is so bad that um Rowan Vine didn't get in. That's like how bad it is. Um, but I'm gonna have to start uh, by cheating because I went through it all. We have, as far as I'm aware, certainly in our lifetimes, we have never signed a uh, goalkeeper in January. So I had to cheat for this first one. It's the only one I'm cheating on. Uh, Moa Ramos. Don't know if you remember him, Cal. He was on loan from Real Madrid. He's goalkeeper. He's very. Oh young. my god! Yes, he's about 19. I remember this. This wasn't uh, that long ago. No, yeah. So he 2019, he would have signed for us. I'm including him in January because the only time he, I think, as far as I'm aware, that he even got on the bench for us was during an FA Cup, that away game at Coventry in the fourth round in January. And he didn't even get on the pitch. So that's why I'm counting it. It's just the peak of like that ownership's era of just random, what were they trying to achieve out of this? What was the point of it? Like he was, if he clearly wasn't ready to play at all, why was he there? 
So didn't you do like a huge announcement of signing this guy yeah, from Real Madrid? And they at the did time quite well. a cool. They did quite a cool thing. So I believe it was Davo of Davo's Diary. I'm sure the Blues fans know who does does great work with the club. They did a. They took him to like it was like Druid's Heath or something really random and did like it's it's a good idea but like it was yeah. um yeah he was from madrid and they give him like a tour of like alum rock or druid teeth or somewhere just c- completely random in birmingham um but yeah he gets in just because of how weird it was so it's a cheap way to count him um right back uh ferdinand coley he only played two games for us in 2003 one in the cup one in the league uh i don't really remember him but by all accounts he was absolute dross so he gets in uh, my two centre-backs, first one, Tyler Blackett, who we had on loan from Man United, signed him on deadline day. Clearly a bit of a panic buy. He was terrible. Uh, this was about 2014, so like peak Lee Clark era of just getting players in and then coming and going as quick as you like. Surprisingly, ended up playing a few games for Man United. I don't really know how. Um, centre-back, other centre-back, Martin Latka. I highly doubt you remember him, except for you maybe remember the shootout card. He had a shootout card. I'm pretty sure he was one star. Not really shocking. Um, My albums are over there. I can have a look. (laughs) We'll dig it out. Um, He is kind of synonymous with the Bruce season where we got relegated in 2006. Just one of these random players that we signed. He only played like five or six games for us and, and was, yeah, like just synonymous with that failure that season. Um, Left back going forward slightly in time here to uh check cater or chic cater not really sure how to say it he was brought in so the the trillion trophy asia bshl ownership came in in october 2016 zola came in in the december and in the january we just signed a load of random players um and chic cater and who who like never did anything so like emilio and sue at right back wasn't lucky not to get in this team scored a hat-trick at afcon last week on a side note um uh, you say Kerim... unlucky, maybe lucky not to make the two. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, yeah. Um, uh, Kerim Frey and Jake Keita is just the definitive one of these. Um, he had loads of skill, but like no end product or anything. No one ever really seemed to know what to do with him. Uh, went out on loan a load, got bombed out by various managers. Uh, and he, uh, in him and his mates, uh, I used to work in Sainsbury's and they came in once and his mate was like a little bit rude. So for that alone, uh, he gets in the team. He was with him and therefore he's in the team. Um, we named a podcast episode after him. We did, yeah. Go check it out. He had more appearances at Sainsbury's is the episode name. Um, right wing, Albert Rusnak. We had him on loan from Man City. He only played four games. He was uh, crap. Um, centre mid. Uh, so uh, so <laughs> I, I, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, <laughs> uh Piotr, Piotr Swerevzuski. Uh, yeah. Not bad. Mate, this one, yeah, I guess. He played one game alone for us in 2003. By all accounts, he was terrible. Um, much more recent one, and my favourite of this list, my other centre mid, is Taylor Richards, who we had on loan from Brighton. Uh, I remember seeing him play a couple of times in person, and I didn't think he was very good at all. But apparently he wasn't all that bad. But just, like, for this story alone, I think he deserves to get in. Um, so he signed on loan on the 7th of January 2022 for the remainder of the season. And uh, this is according to the article I was reading. So he suffered an injury during the medical with the club, falling into the edge of the board during a jumping test that looks at the fitness of a player's calf. 
Manager Lebo, you said, I've never heard anything like this. The players have done it a thousand times. He did it in 10 times and then he gets injured. It's crazy. I've never heard of a player getting injured in the medical. Like for that alone, if you get injured in a medical, <laughs> you have to go in the January worst 11. Yes. Taylor Richards, um, you are in. Uh, left wing. Kind of tough, this one. Because um, looking through, I don't think we've had, there wasn't loads that jumped out. Um Hamabuatsa, who we had on loan in 2009, are considered. Uh, but I actually don't remember being that bad. I've gone with someone who I also don't remember being that bad. Uh, Lloyd Dyer, who I think must have popped up with a few assists. And I'm pretty sure he scored a winning goal against Charlton in a game. Um, but he just always played well against us after that. He always scored against us. He, he, was, he was like much better against us than for us. Maybe a bit harsh, but I'll put Lloyd Dyer in. And my front line, this is... Genuinely, the worst attacking combo in history. Um, you will know you could search high and low, and you would never find a combination of strikers worse than this. So, my one striker, you probably won't remember him. Uh, we signed a player on loan from GKS. I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry if we have any Polish listeners. Uh, GKS Pelkato, Pelchato, Pelkato. I don't know how to pronounce it. And that man was Carlos Costley, a man, a name that sends shivers down the spine of all <laughs> Birmingham City fans over the age of like like 16. Um, he played eight games for us. He never scored. Thankfully, we got promoted that season anyway, but he was a definitive January panic buy. He was dreadful. He just he didn't even look like a footballer. He was, he was just like just his movement and everything. He just looked completely out of place. Um, and then finishing off my team is. A much more familiar name, uh, and kind of sad to include this one, but he has to go on, is Sam Cosgrove. Kind of sums up, again, that kind of era of Blues where our transfer policy, just there was clearly no plan whatsoever. He was signed from Aberdeen. His goal record wasn't very good coming to Blues, so it was kind of obvious he was never really going to be the man in the championship. He played 18 times for us, never got going, never scored for us, uh, never really looked like you know, he was going to break into the team properly. And that's a shame because I think I, like, I would have liked it to work for him. It looked like he really wanted it to work. Um, but it's a shame he didn't. So, yes, that is my 11. Ramos, Coley, Blackett, Latka, Keita, Ruznak, uh, Swarovski, Richards, Dyer, Costley, Cosgrove. And a few honourable mentions. And it's mental that none of these got in. <laughs> so I mentioned Ansu and Kerim Frey already. Uh, Hamabuata, Walter Pandiani, we had in 2005. And oh, I, don't know if I remember him, yeah. <laughs> so he scored. So we, I think maybe the reason he kind of is famously bad is because he scored like 10 minutes into his first game for us against Southampton. And I think people just expected big things. He scored away at Chelsea. Uh, and then we signed him on a permanent. He scored two goals that season. We got relegated. He was crap. Um, so sorry, Walter, you're on, on the bench for this. Um who else have we had? Chris Sutton is a mad one that played for Blues. Again, came in in that 2005-06 season. Scored one goal for us, but it was against Villa. We lost anyway, but he, uh, he did score that. Um, we signed a player called Michel from Sporting Hihon. We signed him for £3 million. Under, it was the same summer that Craig Gardner... Sorry, the same January that Craig Gardner first came in. And he could just never force his way into the team. Barry Ferguson, Bowyer and Gardner were playing so well that he just never got in. So it was three million pounds, which again, we're talking like 2010 money was like, for us was kind of more than you'd think. So just a huge waste of money. Shame that never worked out. Alex Bruce, I know he made a good career after his time at Blues, but let's be honest, he was there because he was the manager's son. 
Um, that is his career, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, he had a good career at Hull when Steve Bruce was the manager. Um, David Bentley, I'm not going to put on, but just a weird one because he came to Blues as his career was kind of falling apart, and Larson really upped Seb Larson really upped his game when he came in, so he never really cemented his place in the team. But he's not going to get in this team either because he scored an amazing goal against Coventry in the FA Cup. So I'm not going to put David Bentley in either. Um, and yeah, Rowan Vine. So he's not getting in my team. I'd love to put him in because he was crap. But uh, he came in from Luton Town and we got promoted this year and he came in in the January and he was on fire at Luton. He was like absolutely on fire. Um, he only scored one goal for us. But it was a huge, huge, huge goal. Uh, so we were second, I think, and we played Derby at home. We were third on a Friday night and we won 1-0 and he scored. And for that alone, that goal was crucial in getting us promoted in like the running. So I can't put him in. I ha- Costley and Cosgrove uh, are just in a, in a league of their own, so I couldn't put Rowan Vine in. And then there's just a load of other players whose names I don't even like. There's one I, I was I, expecting that hasn't come up. So I'm probably going to mention him now. Yeah. Um there's, I just have no memory of some of these. I've like, I was looking through. I have no memory of some of these. Salif Jow, uh, Brian Howard, Aaron Martin, and then uh, Robbie Blake. I have no memory of playing for Blues. Um, and then the one which I think you thought I was going to say, uh, Jerome Sinclair. Yeah, yeah. So it's like Jerome Sinclair came in on loan from like Watford. I think it was clearly a panic buy. Um, he played like five or six times for us and never scored under Zola. Uh, purely on the basis that Cosgrove had like four times as many games, Costly had almost double that, and they didn't score. And I kind of felt bad for Sinclair. I think he was maybe the wrong man at the wrong time, from what I remember. Um, or maybe the you know in, in another time, another manager could have got something out of him. But yes, that is my Birmingham City worst eleven from January. What a howler! Those are two abhorrent teams. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, message, uh, leave a comment or anything. If there's anyone we forgot. Yeah, um, who have we forgotten? Obviously, there'll be players that are before our time as well that you yeah, may course, be thinking, yeah. how did you not include this player? Yeah, although the January window only really became a thing like sort of 20 years ago, I guess. But I did have a look through. There were a few players. Like, obviously, Obafemi Martin signed for us in January. So obviously, it's an like, iconic player for Blues. Uh, James McFadden was a January signing. Keith Fahey was a January signing. Stephen Carr was like February the 1st. So that's really annoying. But... Um, yeah, we have had some good signings in January, despite all them. Yeah, and that's the same here. I mentioned a few earlier as well. Yeah. Right, housekeeping, and then we'll look ahead to next week's game. This week's games, yep. I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in terms of housekeeping, it's just a little bit on the transfer front. We've had, we haven't played, and nothing has really happened with us, other than the fact that I didn't get a ticket. <laughs> get to that Chelsea in the trailer for this week's episode. <laughs> 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 the most annoying thing is that we didn't I didn't get a ticket for Chelsea away on Friday. Uh, I was certain, dead certain it was gonna go to members. I've never had any issues with the Premier League away games in the league or the FA Cup before. And I didn't get it didn't go to members. It sold out. Six thousand season ticket holders took all the tickets. So oh. fair play to everyone who's going on Friday night, but I'm jealous. I'm really gutted. Um but anyway, transfer news. It looks like we're signing um, this young Serbian kid called Kosta Nijelovic. Um No announcement yet, but 
quotes from the player from about him joining Villa, it, but he's going to go back out on loan. He's one for the future by the sounds of things. So one to keep an eye on. It looks like we're in the market for a sub goalkeeper. Finally, obviously Robin Olsen has been injured for about a month. And if he's the answer, I don't know what the question is in terms of sub goalkeeper. <laughs> um, we've been linked with this um, Icelandic guy. So called <laughs> a random man, <laughs> Wim Hof, a random, a random Icelandic uh, man. Uh, Hakon Valdimarsson. Um, I think Copenhagen are also interested in him, but it's just sort of rumour and that we may have bid about two million for him. Um, uh, the big story that looks like may or may happen, the main interest is in Morgan Rogers of Middlesbrough. Um, so we're very interested. We've put three bids in apparently, uh, but Middlesbrough don't want to sell him. So we're just sort of ignoring our bids. Apparently they just ignored one of them because they just don't want to sell him. So um, Wrong but, number. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be like when Daniel Levy called at Villa Park going, ah, oh, Jack Grealish will give you three million plus Josh Onoma. And we probably went, yeah, wrong number. Yeah. <laughs> Put on an old woman's voice, wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the housekeeping for us. We've had a really not a lot going on this week for us. So nice, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, for Blues, we signed a player called Andre Dazel from um, uh, from QPR on loan. QPR. Uh, he was 24. a baller on my Football Manager twenty save when I was the Ipswich manager, and so he that's was what I'm gonna, at the time. So that's what, that's what we've got to go, to go off. off. Yeah, because I don't really know much about him. Um, he's twenty four. Uh, you know, midfield role anyway. If Jordan, it sounds like maybe if Jordan James was moving on, because maybe it'd make sense. I don't really, I feel like there's probably going to be a few players ahead of him at the minute. Um, but he did get 20 minutes um, against Stoke at the weekend. So I feel like I kind of got to see him in the flesh a few times before I really make judgment on him. Obviously, QPR are dying on their ass at the minute. They're like um, 23rd in the league, I believe. So uh, not too sure on the dynamic there. But um, yeah, one to keep an eye on. That's Blues this week. Wonderful. We're both in FA Cup action this week again. Yeah, uh, you it's mentioned... A rare, we, we, it's, a rare, it's a long time since we've both been able to say we were both in the hat for the fourth round. Well, not just us. When was the last time Blues, Villa, West Brom, Wolves and Coventry all got into the fourth round? Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? We'll try to find out for you next week. Uh Probably being the operative word there. But, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, West Brom and Wolves are playing each other as well, so they're not going to be... Uh, we're not all going to be getting through to the fifth round. Um, but anyway, yeah, you mentioned you got Chelsea away on the Friday night. Yeah, so we're one of the, I think, three Friday night games, not the televised one, um, which is weird because there's a really bizarre... I think there's four, I think there's four game. games. And there might even be four, but there's a really weird, mm. like... It's, I, can't, I can't remember the game. It's like West Ham Brighton is it, on or something. Newcastle on Fulham. Newcastle yeah, Fulham. that's it, yeah. Like rather than Chelsea Villa, okay, fine. Mental. So, um, I'm probably going to have to do a, a void and watch on Friday night because uh, it's going to clash with the traitors, and I'm playing five aside. So, <laughs> sure. um, yeah. so I'll have to find time to watch it at some point. Um, yeah, I, it's hard to know what to expect. Really, it's arguably it's a game weirdly that both clubs sort of need to win. We just need to pick up some momentum, you know, and a. An away win would always be good for us because we're just still not quite finding the right formula away from home. As whereas Chelsea is so bad, they need every win they can get, really. So I expect two quite strong teams. I mean, we've barely played this month as well, just off the winter break. 
we've got that Chelsea are in action Tuesday night, isn't it? Tuesday or Wednesday, because they got the League Cup. So, um, so really, that's the bigger game for them. You know, obviously they've got about they've got about a thousand players on their books, so they could do enough rotation, really. Um, so yeah, I, but I do think we'll see two relatively strong teams going at it, and it really helps, I guess, that Middlesbrough won that first leg of the League Cup because they'll kind of have to be have to keep a few players a bit fresh for that. So. Um, yeah, it's hard to know what to expect, really. Um, I think 6,000 Villa fans in Stamford Bridge will be in very good voice on Friday night. And so I hope I hope you will have a great night. Score prediction? Says bitterly. <laughs> um, score prediction? I, I have a sneaky feeling it's going to be a draw. I have a feeling we could have a replay. So I'm going to say 1-1. Chelsea cool. don't... It'll be a 1-1 or a 2-2. Chelsea don't tend to score that many, really. No, they don't. Not certainly not this season. Um, cool. And then after that, on the Saturday, we're playing Leicester away. I don't know what it is with us and Leicester in the FA Cup. So obviously, we drew them away this season. Our women's team drew them uh, in their FA Cup uh, in like the same week. Um, last season, if we'd beaten Blackburn, we would have played Leicester away in the fifth round. And we played Leicester right before lockdown in 2020 away in the FA Cup fifth round. So we just keep drawing them. Um, uh, obviously Leicester are on paper far better than us they are the gold standard in the championship um, so it kind of feels like a free hit in a way as much as I would like to get through my hope is that they're going to be prioritising the league so much they're obviously sitting top at the moment that they may the problem is they're so far clear at the top of the league yeah yeah true I mean um, as we're recording tonight they're playing Ipswich at home I kind of it's probably faint hope, but I hope that they kind of pour all their energy into that because that's a huge game for them at the top. Um, but yeah, I got obviously we've started really well under Mowbray. I'm going to say optimistically, I think we could nick a draw as well, take it back for a replay. Uh, I, I mentioned cup replays earlier. I kind of feel like if they're between two championship teams or two Premier League teams, I'm not sure replays are really that relevant anymore. I'm all for keeping them for certain certain dynamics and so on but um, but in this circumstance I think bringing them back for a replay could be really good we've scored two goals in every game under Mowbray so far uh, I'm going to say 1-1 one, one, though I'm going to say 1-1 one, one. I can't see scoring twice against Leicester but I think we'll, we'll nick a draw so yeah so, so neither of us are going wildly optimistic this no, week no but no but they're two hard uh, games but hard they games. are yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I think that kind of wraps us up then this week Dan um, yeah absolutely Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're viewing us, listening to us on. Leave the five-star reviews. Leave the likes. They help the algorithms out. We've, As we said, um, I think last week we've been going through like a big sort of boom at the moment in terms of viewers and, and listeners. So if you've joined us along for the ride, stick around and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We really appreciate it. And you can also follow us on Twitter and TikTok with the handle Second City Pod. That's Second City Pod, so 2ND City Pod. Yeah, and I think all that's left to say then, Dan, is up the villa. Shit on the villa, keep right on. See you next week. <laughs>